Hi, and welcome to the Miseducation of the SLP. I am your host, Ingrid, and I have returned with my dope, dope, dope guest host, Ashanti. Hey, girl. Hello, hello. It's so wonderful to be back yet again. So we have decided to do this, you know, switch up thingy thang um, to allow for breath for mothers and uh, teachers and educators <laughs> and SLPers and Disney workers. So we're just giving, you know, each of my wonderful hosts an opportunity to handle their own personal spaces. Um, and as you know, I am a slave for the craft, so I will be here chugging away at making sure that this never skips a week. So I got you. This is happening always, forever, until I die. Well, maybe not that far. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, that is. <laughs> Look at the loyalty. Ooh, you are committed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to, who's going to keep showing up, but I will be here for that. Like, listen, there could just be five of you. And I'll still be like, every week, I got you. (laughs) That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Right? The committed soldiers. Those are the ones that make it in the end. (laughs) So Ashanti has decided to take it upon herself to get the most delicious nugget to add to the tea this week. Hello. Yes. I'm coming at you guys with a very different flavor. Um, I was able to interview a very fascinating individual. She is an SLPA currently. And so I feel like this is going to be a really eye-opening, um, I just experience for, for some of us that maybe have never worked with SLPAs, don't really understand the ins and outs of becoming an SLPA. And she is just an amazing individual and was able to enlighten me a little bit as to what the current situations are for SLPAs out there. Because we all know that we're not the only type of professional that is struggling and having difficulty navigating this arena. Absolutely. So much truth to that. Um, I, you know, I started as an SLPA um, before I got into the graduate program. And so, you know, sharing my story with her and she, her sharing her story with me, we found a lot of um, commonalities <laughs> as far as our each individual experience in the private practice realm. So, um, yeah, I, you know, let, let's let's dig in. I mean, if you have commonalities in the private practice realm, it kind of just already tells me because I've already known your story (laughs) that this chick has pretty much been dealing with people that are business centered and have taken advantage of her. Yes. And yes, all capitals, hashtag yes. Um, (laughs) She, well, let me dig into how she got to be an SOPA. Uh, She was a film major and actually pursued a minor in communication disorders. And so 
uh, basically what was happening in her film major world was that she was losing herself. Um, she was beginning to understand that in order to really make it to the top in that industry, you have to give it your all and you cannot have work life balance. It's all work all the time, no matter what, until you reach the top. And so at one point, um, she was scoped uh, by an SLP and really gained uh, an appreciation for what that SLP did with her and got very curious. And that's where she decided to go ahead and, and pursue the minor in communication disorders. Okay. Yeah. So um, basically she was telling me, you know, her values is, you know, one of her biggest things was that she did not want her life to be driven by capitalism, driven by the, you know, pursuit of the almighty dollar. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, being that she saw that there was no work-life balance in the film industry, she said, you know what, let me try to monetize a skill, monetize my time in a different manner. And so that's where, you know, her minor in communication disorders came in and she decided to pursue uh, her career as an SLPA. How do we value that role in our science? Like, what is that role supposed to represent? I know that ASHA has like these kind of ambiguous things. They're going to start doing these certifications. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard for me to kind of navigate. Like, what is the role or the benefit of the SLPA um, in general? Like, is it a cheaper version of an SLP or? It is utilized as such often. Mm -hmm. It is not supposed to be that. Um, in essence, the SLPA is, you know, the person that works directly with the SLP and will assist in that the SLP can teach them, you know, to take a client from, from this level to the next level while also being able to, you know, be a little bit more involved with, or not, not more involved, but more focused on the paperwork or more focused on the assessments, more focused on building the clientele. Um, at least that's how, it, how she was being utilized in the private practice realm. Mm. Now that proved to be very problematic. Um, and, <laughs> you know, one of the first things that she noticed right off the bat was that this, the owner of the private practice that she was working for, um, was onboarding several clients, even though they were pretty grossly short staffed. And so her thought process was, well, if we can't handle the clientele that we already have, why are you continuing to onboard more? You know, mm -hmm. we've already told these certain families we don't have um, time in our schedule to fit them in because, of course, as a private practice, all, you know, your clientele either want early morning if it's, you know, families that have that availability, but the bulk of them want afternoons. And right. so there's only so many hours in the afternoon. Right. And so she she was noticing this um, and she said she said to me, well, that should have been my first red flag to where this individual was a lot more profit driven than, you know, 
being concerned with the needs and the growth of the client. I love how you say individual instead of she, like we're not 96 <laughs> women. She, yes. The, the likelihood of that. No, so let's pause on that for a second. Okay, sure. Okay, so in the experiences of the SLP, I just started thinking about this because I was just like, oh my goodness. As I think about some of these horror stories in private practice, because we're not alone. Now we've had some experiences with this. What does that say about us? What does that say about us? Yeah, it's about our discipline. What does that say when we look back and we hear all these complaints and these frustrations Mm -hmm. and these bad experiences from one SLP to another in regards to just a really crappy CF or a really crappy private practice experience or a really crappy even um, business owner situation where you're like dealing with another business owner and you're trying to work with them and you realize, oh my God, this is like stupidly like difficult. Like I can't get my voice out because you're trying to like stomp on me. Right, right. Um, we can she, be collaborative in business. Like, what, what, what does that say about us as women? Right, right. And actually, with everything she shared with me, she did a really good job as far as advocating for herself, uh, holding the business owner accountable for certain things. Now, um, as an SLPA, there is a document that has to be filled out on your behalf, you know, within or after, excuse me, the first 30 days of you uh, providing services at that uh, site, at that private practice. And it's basically just a document that says the SLP has deemed you um, capable, that you have the capacity to work with a lot less supervision. So I believe the expectation is that the SLP would be available via telephone. You know, it's not a direct supervision um, requirement any longer after that time frame, but this form has to be signed and filled out by both parties, by the SLP as well as the SLPA. She um, went ahead and and kind of questioned the business owner and said, hey, um, I'm noticing that you have scheduled me for Saturdays and there is not an SLP in the building on Saturdays. So what gives? (laughs) And I mean, good for her for, for calling out the business owner in that capacity, in that sense. Um, The response she got was that, oh yeah, after so many days, um, you know, you, uh, you know, I can deem you capable and, you know, I, I only have to be uh, available if there's an emergency or, you know, via phone call, if you have questions. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. And now uh, when she questioned the business owner about this document, she pulled the document, the business owner pulled the document. Um, My friend had signed it, but the business owner had not. Oh. (laughs) So it was a situation where, you know, the business owner had not um, done her part as the supervising SLP. Um, Another big thing, another big issue that she was finding was that 
um, she asked for a little bit more support because uh, some of the clients that she was seeing on Saturdays were a little more involved. They weren't your just, you know, you know, final consonant deletion child. It, this wasn't a simple case of, I can't, you know, little Timmy can't say that this sound or that sound. Uh, some of these children had severe behaviors. Some of these children were more than likely on the spectrum, you know, in, in her opinion. And so she was requesting that the SLP come in and, you know, sit with her through some of these sessions to give her guidance, to give her tips, tricks, whatever she can get about how to adequately provide services to these, to these clients. And she basically just told her, um, yeah, no, I don't work Saturdays. So you're on your own. Hmm. Hmm. Again, (laughs) what does that say about us? What does it say about our discipline that we ingratiate people? I mean, there's good and there's bad in Mm -hmm. everything. There really is. But I feel like because not only you interviewing the CF of today. SLPA. Well, I'm. Sh- did she not become a CF? Is she not? No, no, the CF. I was saving that one for another day. Oh, that one's even more intense. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, excuse me, guys. We have been talking about multiple stories that Ashanti has been like vetting for the show. So, <laughs> you a side note. We are just going to reveal a little bit of what we're doing. Anyway, so okay, she's not a CF. She's an SLPA, but. Mm-hmm. She is an SLPA has a story. You as an SLPA has a story. I as a CF have had supervisor that wasn't so great. I know that there are other CFs that have not had great supervisors. I've known of like just general aspects where you're looking at the people that are in this discipline inside of it that mm-hmm. you think are going to be nurturing and loving and giving and they're equally vulturous. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, I think that happens with time. That happens with becoming a little bit calloused. Um, you know, again, Why? it goes back Why? to becoming that. that. I think it be, you, you get profit driven at some point. Um, I, I'm not sure the, the, you know, I can't pinpoint the exact why, but I can see where somebody might say, well, I didn't have the great, you know, a great uh, supervisor when I was an SLPA, so this person will be fine. Or, you know, if they think this person is very capable or asks a lot of questions or seems like a go-getter, you know, they might just try to let them fly on their own. That's not to say that that's the correct thing to do. You know what I really think in this? What's that? I think they're just tired. Burnout. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the people that kind of move in those spaces where they're just, just you just you go do the clinical practice and you go do the work, and I'll just figure out how to run this business while I also go home and I'm a, a wife to my husband and a mother to my kids. Mm-hmm. Or if I maybe I'm not I may not be those things even, but even if I'm any other type of role, I'm so many things that are exhausting for me. Right. And I just need you to help my business grow. 
right so that i can really be successful i don't even think it's like ill-intentioned it's just modeled based off of what make businesses grow Mm -hmm. which is really that focus centered mindset that hey i'm gonna do this thing that kind of just gets me to the next level um i'm not even really intentionally doing it it's just kind of what i feel like I'm supposed to do because that's what success is, is. I and it's getting bigger and I just don't have the capacity to love and nurture it this big mm-hmm. when I nurtured small it was easier I could be intimate and present and loving and great the bigger I get because I'm supposed to be big because that's the messaging that I keep getting it just kind of makes it so that it all slips through the cracks I don't ever think anyone's intentionally, especially in this career, intentionally trying to do anything challenging. But I think for this SLPA and her boss, I keep going back, like, what was the missing thing? What was the missing component that made this person she was experiencing just so, like, honestly, callous towards her? Because they're great SLPs that are not callous. They're like really considerate, empathetic and loving and want to make a change. And then there are those that are like really callous. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to take what I want. Yeah, I don't care. Figure it out. There are Mm -hmm. SLPs like that. So if we live in those spaces that are real on all facets, those things are all real. That we have people that are incredibly selfish and incredibly generous in a discipline and what do we do in those spaces to kind of be like let's make sure we navigate it well how do we tell the next generation of slpa what to do when their supervisors are this way like how did this girl how did she move through it like what was her plan her path well one of the big things that i'm super proud of her about is that she does not hesitate to ask questions or look it up. So, you know, she had a question on what are the expectations for me as an SLPA? What, you know, what is my role? What are the do's and don'ts? What am I allowed to do? What am I not supposed to do? And at every step of the way, whenever she had a question, she would either, you know, go to Asha's website to see what it was that the recommendation or the, the rule was on their website, but then also the state of Florida, the, you know, the, the um, license providing body, she would go to their website and see what it is that she's supposed to follow because for, you know, ultimately the provisional license is, is issued by the state of Florida. So she got into a situation where, um, let me see, I want to, I want to make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. She got into a situation where there were some new employees starting and, and I can't wait to hear your reaction to this. One of the new employees also, uh, functioning in the capacity of an SLPA, um, pulls her aside and is like, Hey, um, so can you help me with, uh, all of the ins and outs on how to get my provisional license? Mm Mm-hmm. And she just, she took a beat and was like, wait, what? You don't even have your provisional license? Mm -hmm. And boss lady has you here providing services? Mm -hmm. Uh, what? (laughs) 
And I, I just, I stopped her. I said, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me new assist, new SLPA starts at the private practice. New SLPA always had already, excuse me, has a schedule of clients, a clientele that she has actively providing services to, but does not have a provisional license yet through the state of Florida. She says, correct. You put the puzzle pieces together. These are really normal things that happen though. I know. I know. And I'm just like, but oh my God, I feel like that is really, let's just pause really quickly. That actually happens in the reality of people's experiences in the state that we Mm -hmm. live in to some degree a lot. That's why Florida is really known for being super fraudulent. Mm-hmm. It really is a very uncomfortable space uh, because these things kind of happen really freely. And the question becomes, though, like when she saw this, what did she do? She immediately went to her boss. <laughs> I'm telling you, no hair on her tongue. She does not have any qualms with questioning, you know, the practices of this person. Wait, hair on her tongue? Is this an expression that I missed? That is, (laughs) that is an expression. Yes. She has no hair on her tongue, meaning everything comes out smoothly without any sort of resistance. Wow. (laughs) Maybe, hold on. Maybe it is a saying in Spanish that I've translated inadvertently in my mind. Que no tiene pelo en la lengua. Yeah. I got a very, I got very loud on that. Wow, because I was just like, "Girl, wait, what? What statement? I know proverbs well. What are we? What is this?" I'm hoping someone out there knows exactly that <laughs> that saying. I need someone to because I sure should do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But anyway, so she went to her boss and brought it up and said, um, you know, so-and-so just asked me about this. And she's like, yes, I'm aware. Basically in a, I'm not sure if it was nice or not nice manner. She was kind of told, well, I, I think you need to mind your business. Um, and, it's not a big deal because I'm either in the next room or, you know, just down the hallway. And so I am present during these sessions. She's not licensed. That's against state law. How about right. <laughs> I said, so no matter how you paint the picture, this, this individual did not have a license. We are not, that's not uh, it's no big deal. You literally do not have a licensed practitioner working for you. Literally. And at, at that moment, uh, my friend informs me, she said, you know, Ashanti, as an SLPA, you, you, you know, one of the, the things that I never, I never, um, one of the rules I never bend or break is that you cannot represent yourself as anything other than the SLPA. You cannot ever make it seem like you're the SLP. And so in that, well, because the licensure that you carry is of an assistant. No, certainly. But why can't you represent yourself like that? That's not illegal because there are plenty of people that do that. That's why they're quote unquote 
teach teachers out there that compete with SLP positions because mm. they have those capacities. There's really, and that's in the state that we live in, my dear. It's still mm -hmm. in Florida. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is, is true. That. Yeah. This so, I mean, we want to hold a lot of accountability. We want to hold a lot of standard, but it's really hard to when things are really ambiguous. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've kind of been able to navigate and observe and see that things are really, well, it's not as clear as you would think it is. It's kind of interpretive. Right. There's too much room for interpretation. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. so if a subset of a culture that holds the majority authority, and I say that with true story, majority authority, mm -hmm. they all agree on what that thing is supposed to look like. That's why it doesn't need to be clarified more than that. Whereas everyone else that's kind of a little bit like I'm a different thinker looks at that and it's very confused as to, wait, what do you mean by this? Right. I feel that way when I look at the Code of Ethics for ASHA. Have you read it? I have perused. <laughs> I click my box. <laughs> I think there's a lot of room for interpretation depending on the state that you live, which is why there's like so many variations in regulation and standards from state to state to state. Mm -hmm. Code of Ethics is kind of something you could just look at and go, hmm, well, maybe... And that's where I find when people are too similar in the room, there's not enough development to get it to where it's clear mm -hmm. so that everyone can interpret it the right way. Unfortunately, right. too many similar people created something that looks very much the same. And in that, people within the craft are now self-defining things. Right. Self-defining what an SLPA is supposed to do, that SLPA is or is defining what she's supposed to do. We're mm -hmm. all developing these self-opinions and being super autonomous because we literally don't have an organization that has developed something that kind of gives us something to really chew on when we don't look and exist in the same, you know, pattern of thought process to create these rules. We don't know how to do that. So it's interesting to hear what this you know, SLPA is thinking in our head, like, I want to make sure I'm on, on the up and up. Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to admit that I'm not the SLP in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm just the assistant. And I'm going to say, I need my licensure. And I'm going to say that I need supervision. And I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to. But the environment doesn't necessarily require it based on the circumstances of law and ethics and morality that's dialogue she's creating that for herself well i was going to say based on the way this this person is operating their business um yeah she's very much operating her business in a way that no one would investigate it right unless reported and even when reported it doesn't always go anywhere because it feels like tattletaling if it's from peer to peer if it's right. for superior to subordinate it gets taken of much more sincerely but peer-to-peer -peer stuff i don't know if it gets the same experience yeah it, it's like you know mommy's driving driving the car and the two kids are in the back seat fighting and 
she just says, <laughs> don't make me pull this car over or else you're both getting it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, Absolutely. It, yeah. Um, now, one, you know, back to that point where she said you can't re- misrepresent yourself. In that practice, she said, you know, in the lobby, there is uh, some sort of signage, although very small, that lists all of the clinicians and their titles and then also includes, you know, what languages they speak or whatnot. And the person who approached her asking for some guidance and help as to how to obtain her provisionary license uh, was just never on that sheet that she noticed. Mm. So it was maybe a calculated oversight. So I just, I, man, I was, I was floored when she shared that little tidbit with me. Um, We can interpret the energy behind what was going on. We really can't know. It's really a positing of, of hypothesis, but I do consider like, what does it mean that this is our like arena that we're working in? We're healthcare providers, you know? Yeah. And I know that people are in it and there's variations and there's some good, some bad, but oh, what a horrific thing to know that we have to protect and educate on. And that's where the miseducation is to say, hey, listen to this story. This is possible for you. Mm-hmm. Avoid it all cost or learn mm-hmm. how to navigate this way. That's the requirement of the show is to really kind of give you an indication like, there's no sugarcoating here. Everything is going to be to the point of view of this subset that can get it, which is different. SLPAs are different. Nurses are different. Mm-hmm. Occupational therapists, physical therapists, we're all kind of in a state of dangling. Um, and this show is supposed to be for that, is to highlight that. And then what do we do to win? I know this SLPA is moving through the world in a way that's causing her to win. I just don't know how she got there from where she experienced that private practice moment. So what does that look like? So she decided she had seen too many red flags and she said, okay, let me dabble into a different arena. Um, you know, and actually I, I forgot to share that the moment the precise moment in which she received her provisionary license in hand, her SLP license, she immediately started interviewing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't there, there was, she didn't miss a beat. She was eager to do this. So I just really felt for her in that she probably had these awesome dreams and aspirations and this vision of what it was going to be like. And she just encountered something else. Um, But anyhow, So she decides to go, you know, pivot and reach into a different realm. And so at this point, she's working in the school setting. And so I'm asking her, so, well, how, how are you experiencing it? How is it going for you? And, you know, we kind of shared our own stories with one another. Okay, well, where you're working, this is how it's going. And where I'm working, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, So, so far, she's... She sees that it's a little bit of a mess. Uh, She sees that there is a lot of room for things to be tidied up a bit as far as how paperwork should should be 
uh, setup. Um, and actually, she was very appreciative of the trainings that she received, um, being that, you know, now she's at a district, she got to sit through some trainings where they told her, this is how you do the paperwork. This is, you know, how we want you to operate these things. When scheduling children, we want you to try to avoid pulling them from this uh, sort of uh, subject matter in their classes. So she just saw a stark difference in the training. Um, the training she received in the private practice was a little bit more of observational things, whereas, you know, training in the school setting that she is uh, participating in now was very much more intentional. And I think that's by design. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you work in a school district, the paperwork has to be just so, you know, there's, they're a little bit more on top of things when it comes to that. Now, I did share with her some things that were happening to me. <laughs> I asked her, in, in the things that I've shared with you about what I've been through, you know, am I scaring you away from particularly the, the school, the public school setting? And she just looked at me. She said, or she said no, you're not. Absolutely not. Um, she said, in any work environment, no matter what you do, there's going to be crazy. There's going to be uh, dirty. There's going to be unorganized. There's going to be shady stuff. And so it's just a matter of how you move through it, how you deal with it, how you, how you navigate it. Um, now, she is interested in pursuing her master's degree. So she is signing up for, you know, she's, she's applying for programs and her ultimate goal is to become an SLP. And so I, you know, when I asked her, am I scaring you away from the, this setting, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't sabotaging <laughs> her future career. Cause we all, you know, we all share those horror stories and sometimes maybe we don't understand, well, maybe we are kind of, you know, uh, dumbing down this person's dream or just convincing them to do otherwise, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, she was just very, you know, very matter of fact, whereas she's like, no, you are not scaring me. No, you are not um, convincing me to, to go a different realm. Mm -hmm. Now she is very interested in the adult setting as well, working with adults. So, um, you know, I encouraged her as like, well, you know, look into that. I don't, I don't know of any, skilled nursing facilities that use SLPAs. So that is probably something she'll have to experience once she's in the program, maybe doing her clinicals. Um, but, you know, I did kind of share with her some of my experiences in that, in that setting as well. Hmm. Okay. But um, let me see, what else did she, there was one other thing. She, she asked me, my salary. Oh, interesting. She asked me my salary and, you know, we're two friends talking and I said, you know, I am going to be honest with you. Uh, this is, this is my number. And she looked at me and was like, no, Ashanti, no. I said, no, no, yeah. Ashanti, are you going to say it? I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. 
Why are you want, not going to say it? I'm not going to say it because I want it to change. I'm going to will it into existence. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, any SOP in general, in today's climate of financial spaces, should be as transparent as can be for the services they provide versus the salary they receive to allow for change to be present instead of willing it into existence. (laughs) Well, I'll go dig into the conversation we had about my salary. Okay. You want a number? Here's the number. According to, (laughs) according to the employee website, my salary currently is 44,600 for a school year. Yes. Now, I am a veteran. <laughs> I've been doing this for 13 years, eight of which were in the school setting. Because of all the drama that I experienced at the beginning of this school year, I have a feeling that is inaccurate, that I'm not being compensated accurately. And so I'm getting ready to rattle some cages and really get to the bottom of this. Um, because when she shared with me her numbers, she's actually making more per hour than my, than I make. And she's an SLPA. And she just looked at me and she said, Ashanti, you have a master's degree and I don't. How is this okay? You want to know why that is, if you really want to think about it? Mm-hmm. What is the most valued is the most manipulated it person to execute the role. And I'm not really saying this in any level of like hiding. What makes the valuable CF be what we experience in our dynamic as SLPs, the young one, the fresh one, the new one, the thing that comes out and an SLPA being even more malleable is that you can make them into exactly what you need for the structure. Mm. Mhm. That's the real view. That's the real view. And I think people forget to take some distance and like look at it with like, "Oh. Now, is this real? Am I accurate? I have no idea. This is a hypothesis. This is my consideration because why else would an SLPA make more than an SLP?" Correct. So this is my first hypothesis, automatically based on history, based on the the trajectory of what I've seen from the past. That's what makes sense. The person that knows the least in the room can easily be manipulated. That makes them more valuable. Let's pay them more. All that logical conjecture makes sense to me. Is it authentic and real and substantiated by any type of data? No, not at all. And I don't pretend that it is. But doesn't it put you in a position where it's like something to consider? And if we're going to consider it that way, what what do we want to do to make changes if they're real? And if they're not real, how are we going to figure out how an SLPA makes more than an SLP? Like, how are we going to figure that out? Mm-hmm. Why is that a reality? <laughs> Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Right. And we really need to evaluate ourselves and our science and what we've done to contribute to the fact 
that we're not even valued as professionals that actually we're valued at our most vulnerable spaces, which is during our CF and being SLPAs. We're not as knowledgeable. Why are we so important there that Mm -hmm. we could get any job that we want and we could actually be paid more than SLPs when we are as an SLPA in this particular story, but in the reality of the whole scope, it's that kind of thing that makes me go, hmm, let me think on this. This is what's going to make me hypothesize. I'm the, the person that thinks everybody's evil, but is optimistic in the capacity to consider everybody be great. I, I think we all have that pendulum swing. So I want for us as SLPs to figure out how do we change what we're experiencing so that it feels better than feels like, ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh. feels icky. Right. Yeah, she she was she was floored. That was her jaw jaw dropping moment <laughs> during our conversation. Of course it is. How could um, you know? And, and she you know she asked me, well, okay, girl, what can we do about this? Because this is not right. <laughs> Absolutely. I said yes. This is not right, and I plan. You know, I will start rattling cages very soon. And a plan will be set in place if I'm not compensated adequately, accurately. Uh, within a certain time frame, then I will have to seek other options. Because you just can't, you just can't treat someone that way. You just can't. So, yeah. And, and again, I asked her, knowing that... Knowing that number that I'm carrying, are you deterred from becoming an SLP? She said, nope. Nope. She's a giver from the heart. No, she said, I feel more prepared in that I will make certain the number is correct. In that, um, because there's, when you work for school, certain school districts, it's a little wishy-washy as to what your bottom line is going to be. Um, reading the pay schedule can be very difficult, very confusing. And so, you know, she just said, okay, that's another nugget. That's another pin I'm going to put in my brain about salary. It needs to be crystal clear. Otherwise, I go elsewhere. So I'm telling you this, she is an amazing individual. Amazing. Um, And I'm very optimistic as to, as how far she will go and you know, the, the, the heights she will reach because her way of thinking is just not very common, especially in a person her age. Um, She's in her mid twenties. So she's, she just, she impressed me. (laughs) Hmm. What is her background? Uh, she is actually, I believe she said her family's from Pakistan. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> so diversity in this, in this organization really does provide a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the spaces where we're really having some challenges is in the collaboration 
with individuals that really are used to the traditional movements of the science. And the traditional movements of the science really need to do some juxtaposition, you know, just some adjustments. I think some adjustments are in order. Um, and I don't know how to encourage that or to get that to be a number one priority, but it's good to continue to have the conversation. So Ashanti, thank you so much for this presentation because damn girl, that's a good story. <laughs> I told you, I was like, I got something good for you, Ingrid. <laughs> Ooh, you just wait. <laughs> I think ultimately we are just questioning everything mm -hmm. to the best capacity that we know how. And anyone can come and question with us and really live in the reality that we all have something to learn. We all have something to humble down to. We all have something to be like, wait a minute. I haven't listened to it like this. Let me take this into consideration. Mm -hmm. And we need to live in true space of that because I think too much of the time we kind of move in a level of authority and we don't have the data to support it. We don't have the research to support it. We have nothing to say that what we do is effective except for our own points of view and our own critical, you know, critical thinking and our own clinical practice in our backdrop. We're like, this is so great. But when we start to think outside of ourselves and we start looking really big, do we do what we say we do? Do we really make the gains that we say we make and do we produce like we we say we produce and this is the reason why I always look at all of us and I say we could all have room to grow because we can keep doing better we need to we need to so that we can collectively say yeah all this stuff does matter mm -hmm. we have to be able to do that with really good data we have to be able to do that with really good understanding. We have to say, yes, what we do actually makes a difference. Or we can just live in the idea that I'm just going to talk about it. And uh, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So anyway, we'll just continue to dance through this whole experience. That's all we can do, right? Certainly. We have to fight against getting stuck getting stuck in what's easy, getting stuck in what doesn't go against the current, uh, getting stuck in routine. I think that's where a lot of things go wrong for our profession. We get stuck in routine or we get married to a routine and it becomes difficult for some, not for all, to look outside of that. Mm. Um so yeah. So y'all, I'm going to be rattling some cages. Hopefully next time I'm on the show, I'll be making more. <laughs> and that's all we could ask for. Right. <laughs> or I'll start an OnlyFans page. I don't know. Girl. I don't know. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. Would not do Where that. Where is my sign up though? <laughs> I kid, but I'm not lying. Y'all could watch me craft. I mean, I could be, a, you know, at a sewing machine, fully yeah. clothed. I'm sure there's an audience for that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like it. Well, guys, thank you so much for returning. We had a great episode. 
Um, we dialogued, we challenged, and we continued to move this craft into a space where we have these heavy hitting conversations upward and onward. Thank you for joining us for episode 13. Yes, yes. Until next time. Bye.